Hi, and welcome back to another episode of The Breathing 411. The 411 stands for four thoughts, one quote, and one answer, and they are all around using our breathing for a better life. And to begin, I just want to have a little reminder, and if you only listen to the podcast, if you're not subscribed to the newsletter version, then you haven't heard this, but um, I will be hosting a 90-minute, one-and-a-half-hour workshop this Saturday, November 4th at 10 a.m. Eastern, although it will be recorded because obviously we're all in different time zones, right? But it is just a simple, practical, how to get started with breathwork, a practical guide. That is the name of it. And yeah, it's just going to be based around, you know, understanding how contraindications affect breathwork, which exercises are most appropriate for you in your situation, what's the best time of day, right? What uh, What's the optimum length of time you should be practicing among many, many other just easy to follow topic. So if you are new to breathing, this is a great, great workshop. If you've learned from other podcasts, right, and done breathing exercises that other experts have told you to do, this will be really helpful for understanding. That's great, right? They're, they're, they have awesome exercises they're showing you, but what is actually right for you given what you want to do. Um, so I hope you will check it out. And yeah, you can find the information in the show notes here or in my blog or the newsletter. Uh, you can sign up. It's 50 bucks and it's an hour and a half. You get the recording plus a few guided breathing sessions as well. So I think uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I hope to meet some of you there. And with that, I will shut up and move on to the four thoughts for this week. The first one is titled a 2023 review. Mindfulness slightly improves HbA1c in diabetes. And here's a quote. Previous systematic reviews and meta-analyses have shown that mindfulness interventions are effective in improving glycemic control in people with type 2 diabetes. The reduction in HbA1c levels is approximately 0.3%. End quote. And that is Hamasaki in 2023 in Medicines, Frontiers in Medicines, I believe that was uh, in. And of course, a 0.3% improvement is not super meaningful. I've had diabetes for 25 years almost. Uh, that seems like just random air to me when I look at my A1Cs. But they also mentioned that mindfulness helped reduce stress, anxiety, and depression in people with diabetes. So together, I still say that's really neat um, in a big meta-analysis that has, you know, lots of different studies showing, um, you know, better improvement, worse improvement and all that. So it's still nice to see it being there significant, but not crazy. Um, of course, me, it's like, well, what if you paired it with, you know, slow breathing, maybe some walking, uh, then you might see more improvements. And in fact, there was another study that looked at that and it's next on my list to read. I read this one this past week, but I, I plan on reading that one this week. So next Monday, I'll have uh, some results on that. But in any case, Let's move on. Let's remember 0.3%, pretty neat, not remarkable. But thought number two, mindfulness helps in less quantifiable ways too. So for diabetes or any condition in life, right? Mindfulness also helps in less quantifiable ways. Perhaps so not, we can't just measure 0.3% and say, oh, well, it kind of helps diabetes because there's other really important ways that mindfulness can help, even if it doesn't show up in numbers. And the most important is this idea is that with increased awareness, we begin to notice variability in our symptoms. And then this no attention to variability gives us back some control over our condition. 
not full control, right? But some control. And here's how Ellen Langer, PhD, summarizes it in her excellent book, The Mindful Body, her newest book. Uh, yeah, I love this passage. Here it is, quote, put plainly, paying attention to variability helps us see that symptoms come and go, which helps us home in on the situations and circumstances that might contribute to these fluctuations so that we might exert some control over them. Having that kind of increased control gives rise to solutions that otherwise would not be forthcoming, as well as more optimism and less stress, which give rise to greater health in general. End quote. That sounds good to me, right? It's such a simple concept that I've never heard put into words until this book, something I've experienced in my life for years and years now is that like, the more mindful you become through these breathing practices, you know, even if you're not practicing quote unquote mindfulness meditation, right? Just by doing breathing practices, becoming aware of your body, and then you start to notice like, oh, that's weird. My blood sugar is a little high again today at this time. Like you start to notice these trends rather than just say, oh, I guess it's just my life. You know, of course, there are things out of our control. I don't want to pretend as a type one that uh, we have any, you know, full control, but you start to notice things you may not have noticed. And that gives you a little control to say, hey, maybe it was because I did X or maybe it's because I did Y. And then you start to notice that. And that's been probably that one of the biggest benefits for me. Um, yeah. So attention to variability is an unquantifiable way mindfulness helps. All right. With that, I will move on to thought number three. This is one of my new favorites. It is titled nasal breathing while walking the key to longer living question mark. So I feel obliged to share this amazing passage I read on Thursday morning while uh, in, in the book, 52 Ways to Walk, while I was walking, listening to this book. It is an awesome book. I'm not through with it, but I uh, already know I would recommend it because it's just so good. But um, so here, here's the passage, quote, obsessed with notions of health, he was fascinated by his breathing. In fact, Kant developed a technique of breathing solely through his nose. 250 years before scientists recognized the role of nasal breathing for good health. Kant was so determined to breathe only through his nose that he refused to walk with a companion, fearful that conversation might inadvertently make him inhale through his mouth. Kant lived to just short of his 80th birthday, a phenomenal age in 1804. End quote. That's all right. That is amazing. Refused to walk with a companion, fearful that the conversation might inadvertently make him inhale through his mouth. That was phenomenal. I mouth breathed while talking it, and I started laughing at myself as I was reading that passage, if you didn't notice. Um, but yeah, I think it was Immanuel Kant or Kant. Uh, I don't know how, how you actually pronounce it, but that was uh, an incredible passage and just a nice reminder to walk with our mouth closed nice and easy breathe in and out through our nose and get all of the physiological benefits all right with that i will move on to the fourth and final thought it is titled the healing power of breathing so the healing power of breathing is less about actual physical healing although right in some cases it actually does do that but it's more about giving us agency, right? Giving us back agency. Controlling our breath shows us that we can control our mental and physical state. And this provides a sense of agency in all of life. By controlling our breath, 
we become our own healers and may I say our own heroes. So that is my personal thought there. That is no quotes. Uh, uh, but yeah, I think that's really the biggest reason it helps is that it gives us agency, right? It makes us realize like, oh, it's exactly what I was talking about with attention to variability. It's the same idea of once you start doing these breathing practices uh, and you realize you can take control of your mental health and your emotional health and your physical health, just making simple changes to your breath, it reminds you, you have a lot more control than you might have thought. And that thought uh, was inspired by the one quote we're about to read. So let's move on. That's the four thoughts. Let's move on to this week's one quote. It's a great one. Here it is. Quote, in order to heal, you may wish to become your own hero. End quote. And that is Gabor Mate, MD, from When the Body Says No, I believe is where I found that one. Uh, yeah, such a good quote. In order to heal, you may wish to become your own hero. And we can become our own heroes by taking control of our breath. Of course, that's not what he was saying, but that's what I'm saying. So uh, I'm going with it. In any case, let's move on to the one answer for this week. The category is slow breathing and pain. The answer is slow breathing is thought to increase the release of these, which help explain its pain reducing effects. What are endorphins? So there are tons of studies. I linked to an actual article, I think the University of Michigan here in the, in the blog, in the, in the email. But uh, there are tons of studies on slow breathing for pain. And it's an interesting concept. I've never really, one of the few I haven't, you know, dove too deeply into. But it looks really interesting. And by releasing these endorphins, it can have this pain reducing effect. And among many other things, it, it does. But anyways, that's pretty neat. All right. That is it for this week. I've talked way too much. Remember, if you want to join me this weekend, Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern, or just watch the recording afterward, uh, you have to sign up, though, to get the recording right. Um, uh, how to get started with breathwork, a practical guide. I hope to meet some of you there for it's uh, 50 bucks. Um, remember, uh, Mindfulness reduces HbA1c 0.3%, not huge, sometimes more, sometimes nothing, right? Uh, but still also helps with stress and anxiety, so that's good. And it may help even more unquantifiably through this attention to variability, which gives us back some control in our life. Remember the key to living longer, nasal breathing while walking. Of course, that's not really the key, but it might be one key according to uh, a philosopher Kant or Emmanuel Kant, I believe is his name. As I mentioned earlier, I'm not 100%. I should have looked that up before I recorded this. And finally, remember the healing power of breathing is in the agency it provides. Of course, it gives us physical benefits. Of course, it changes our mental health, all these great things. But it also just reminds us that we do have some control despite our circumstances and that itself is healing. All right. Thank you as always for listening. I hope you have a great week and I will see you next time.